This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael. Beck, your deputy editor over at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I am joined as with, by always, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, Michael. Doing great. Beautiful. And as always, uh, we're winding up our series of breaking down Steelers draft picks. We have another special guest uh, here with us tonight from Crimson and Cream Machine, uh, Kamiar Meribian. Kamiar, how, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I'm just kind of hanging out, surviving with summer. I'm glad to be on the podcast. Thanks for inviting me. Oh, it really is our pleasure uh, getting to know these new players. And to be honest, I would say Trey Norwood, who of course is our focus tonight, is probably one that I'm kind of least in tune with. So I've been looking forward to this show. Um, to to kind of kick things off here, I know Mike Tomlin, uh, as he was drafting Trey Norwood, called him a Swiss Army knife, uh, utility back, uh, I believe was his exact phrase. Is he someone that's that's mostly a safety, or do you foresee him playing kind of every defensive back spot in the NFL? You know, that's a good question because it's really tough to see where he honestly projects the next level because, like you said, I mean, the guy was a three-star kid out of high school. Uh, he played his true freshman year immediately at OU. Uh, the defense wasn't even that great yet, and he played cornerback, and the next thing you know, he's playing safety, and the next thing you know, he's playing nickelback. The dude played everywhere, especially over his last season at OU. He played some safety, he played some nickel, and he, you know, he actually flashed some potential of having some soft hands and, um, you know, jumping routes and getting in possession to make turnovers. And uh, so, yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife, does it all kind of guy, and he takes it 100%, always the last one to leave the field. And that's why the coaches at OU always loved him, is because the, the guy, 
although he may not be the most gifted, uh, he tries really, really, really hard, and that's kind of what his calling card is. So is you uh... – in coverage, is he more of a, a man cover guy? Is he kind of you, you give him his man, let him do it? Is he more of a zone guy? Uh, does he do both pretty well? Like where does he where does he fit in a coverage scheme? Most likely zone, which vibes with what Pittsburgh usually wants to do. Because uh, man coverage, if he gets a step behind his guy, he's not catching up. He does not have that speed to recover and get back with his guy. He's going to need help over the top. Uh, he's going to need help somewhere else because if he, if he even gets half a step behind somebody, he's not a guy that's going to catch up to his, his spot. So definitely zone coverage, definitely maybe somewhere on the nickel, somewhere over the top. Uh, I don't foresee him playing at a cornerback role um, or one, two in the future. Maybe in, the, in a dime package, he could play there, but I don't foresee him being a guy that mans up a lot. No. One of the things uh, the Steelers kind of are, were faced with this offseason was the departure of their hard-hitting nickel corner in Mike Hilton and uh, trying to find a replacement for that role. Uh, with uh, Norwood's ability to kind of shift around the defense, he's someone that could potentially see some time in that nickel corner spot. Is, is he someone that's afraid to get his nose dirty, or is he all about making those tackles, or is, is that is that not the guy that we should be uh, trying to pencil in at that uh, that inside corner spot? <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I know I'm laughing about it, but like this is one of the things that really irked Oklahoma fans and really irked coaches for the first couple years of his tenure at OU was he's diving at people's legs. He's not going to come up and he he's not going to be the guy that gets downhill and just lays the wood on somebody. That's just not Trey Norwood. Now, that's his first few years in college and his last year. He did show shades of, hey, he's willing to go run downhill and knock some dudes on their butts and plant some people, but it, it's not indicative of his entire body of work. Now, he had a new defensive coordinator his last two years. One of the years, he had an ACL injury. And so this last year, you saw him rushing up into uh, run coverage, run support, and actually do those things. But for the most part... He drags people down. Uh, he kind of like basically takes on for a ride. He's not going to be a guy that form tackles and plants dudes. Um, yes, uh, who knows? Maybe the Steelers can get a lot more out of him regarding because what he's a hard worker. He's going to do exactly what the coaches tell him to do. Uh, so as far as now, as far as what everybody else thinks in Oklahoma, he's not going to be a dude that's a hard hitter. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be really, really, really aggressive and physical. Um, but, you know, those things tend to change, especially when you get into an NFL weight room. So who knows? You you brought up his injury. Um, did he show signs of bouncing back well from that in his when he came back after his junior year, losing his, his 2019 season? Uh, or was it noticeable? Like, was there a noticeable difference? Oh, man, he came back almost with a vengeance. It felt like he was much a much better player after the injury. You didn't notice anything physically that was wrong. You didn't notice anything, any, any, any slowing of his, of his feet, of his legs, of his speed. You didn't notice any hesitancy whatsoever in his game. And that was really, really great. And Oklahoma fans thought, Hey, this guy's going to jump on for another ride for Oklahoma's possible national title run the next year. And I think because of the injury, he ends up opting for the draft a year early 
um, because maybe he doesn't want to risk that again. But that last year, I mean, the man had like what, like five, six interceptions in the last four or five games, really playing on a dime, really getting a lot of playing time on the field, uh, taking playing time away from other well-established veterans on the team. So that last year, he played really, really well, and but everybody was surprised he left for the NFL after his redshirt junior season. With uh, with his skill set, if you could only plug Norwood into one specific position, be it free safety, strong safety, corner, specifically outside or inside, if he could only play one spot, what is he best suited to play? It's a great question. You know, I think somebody like him, you don't want him covering burners down the field. You don't want him covering a dude like Marquise Brown, who's in the same conference or division. You don't want to see, you don't want to see him running toe for toe with those dudes. You want him playing a little bit underneath. And so you could see him at kind of a nickel guy at the same time. You could see him playing a little bit more free safety. It gives him a little bit more free reign. Uh, it's definitely a guy that you don't want manning up on the outside against NFL wide receivers because Although he is a Swiss Army knife, he doesn't have the speed and ability to really go toe-to-toe with some of the best receivers and playmakers that are in the NFL, specifically the AFC North. So we've talked about he's he's not the most physical, right? He's not he's not a hard hitter. Um, he's not the most aggressive guy. And we've also talked about he doesn't have that speed and coverage. Uh what does he bring? What are his positives? What's his what's his skill set he brings? that gives him a good shot to make it in the NFL. He has this idea of a high IQ um, recognition of run play development, recognition of plays, where they're going, where they will end up uh, high IQ, big galaxy brain mentality, extension of the defensive coordinator, what he wants to see. So physically, although right now, not there yet. I, and, and maybe that's why a lot of people were upset that he didn't come back to Oklahoma for another year. I mean, the coaches were begging him to come back for another year. Um, but as far as ball skills, he's got those. He has incredible, soft, incredibly soft hands, great ball skills, reads the quarterback's eyes relatively well, and knows where plays are going. Play recognition, that's where he's at. And I think that's what, make, that's what made him a really, really good fit for Oklahoma down the stretch. And I think that's what can make him a really good fit for the Steelers. Maybe not this year, but going down the line as far as what you would expect to see in the AFC North with guys like Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow and all the other guys, Baker Mayfield. So the Steelers this offseason have definitely tried to add kind of bulk when it comes to that uh, defensive back uh, position. And really their starters are pretty kind of defined already. You can you can kind of pencil in the day one guys, basically how it kind of sat last year with the, with a couple different changes, but really for Norwood to make this team this year, he's going to have to show something on special teams. Do you see him as someone that could be a gunner or make any sort of an impact running down the field, trying to cover kicks? I foresee Trey Norwood doing anything and everything possible to get on that field because that's just the kind of player he is. He's not a diva. He's not a guy that, you know, everything's about him. He's not He's not the kind of defensive back that we all know who these defensive backs are. They, the quarterback overthrows a wide receiver, and you don't, you know, all of a sudden the DB's like signaling like incomplete and celebrating despite not doing literally anything on the play. He's not that guy. He's a, I mean, like that proverbial carry your lunch pail to work kind of defensive back. 
he's going to be a guy that wants reps upon reps upon reps to get on the field. And if the coaches ask him, hey, you know, if your only opportunity right now is to be a gunner to get on to special teams, he will do it. And I imagine he's going to bulk up a little more for that. I mean, before his injury, the man was about 175. And after his ACL injury came back as a redshirt junior, about 190 pounds. So he did bulk up. And I imagine he's going to do a little bit more of the same, um, of course, in the steel weight room. So, yes, I 100% expect him to be on special teams just to get his, his, his nose wet and see where it takes it from there. Did he play special teams in Oklahoma when he was younger? He did not, actually. Uh, his first two years, he did not play special teams just because of his missed tackles. And, you know, again, he's not taking guys to the ground uh, from form tackling. He's a guy that rides wastes and takes them down like that. And then his last year... I think they viewed him too much of an injury risk to go on special teams just because of how limited depth was at defensive back uh, with those two in tandem. So I think he'd be willing to. I think it would be a smart for place for him to develop some physicality too. Um, and I think, again, he will do anything to get on that field, and that's what coaches love about him. A little bit earlier, you did mention that uh, he racked up a number of interceptions at the end of uh, the 2020-2021 season. Um, is he a guy that's uh, a turnover-forcing machine? Uh, is he someone that's uh, knocking knocking fumbles out, or is he just more of that ball hawker? Was it a combination of him just being really lucky and the ball just kind of popping into his hands? Uh, what uh, what do you see for him as, uh, as, as kind of a, a turnover producer? It's a great question, and one of the things that makes him pretty special is his ability to read where the play is going, but also what the quarterback is doing with his eyes. Like Kyle Trask, he's one of the major quarterbacks that was supposed to be in college football this past year at Florida, and this man just picked six Kyle, Kyle Trask to the house just by looking at his eyes. I mean, he's not a ball hawk by any means. He's not going to go and just Get, develop his own island you know he's, there's not gonna be norwood island anytime but what he is gonna do is he's going to anytime the receiver catches the ball he's gonna try to strip it. he's gonna try to swipe the ball and hence that's another reason why likely he didn't have that many tackles to the ground the first chance and secondly he is gonna try to go for that interception but only when it's readily available to him i don't think he's gonna be a guy that tries to force the issue which would get him in trouble because he ranked pretty high on the team as far as defensive efficiency just by not letting players get behind him a lot. He kept the play in front of him almost the entire time. So when fans would go around and say, like, oh, this guy sucks, and of course, his first couple years, his last year was fantastic. People, people didn't realize he kept the play in front of him, and that's what made him grade out so high every single time because he wasn't letting guys get past him. You mentioned him trying to strip the ball when receivers catch it. Uh, one thing that stood out to me on film is that he does fight for the ball. And any anytime he's on a receiver, he is fighting for to, to break up that catch, uh, which has led to some pretty pretty nice plays, but has also led to some pass interference penalties. Uh, can you talk about that balance and how he kind of walks that line between, you know, making the physical plays, fighting fighting for every catch, but also, you know, getting caught on the wrong side of that? You know, I wonder if that is – a interesting kind of development just because of his last year at OU because OU defensive back. It's interesting. They're kind of caught in this weird, this weird kind of time shift where you go from Mike Stoops 
as a defensive coordinator where they're just giving up tons and tons of yards to just say, hey, just the ball to this new defensive coordinator and Alex Grinch that's aggressive, 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 strip the ball, do anything you can, borderline, just shove the receiver down. And so I think he's just walking the fine line of what he was being coached to do at OU as far as being ultra aggressive. And I think if it, it's actually him playing, he's more likely to err on the side of caution. However, if the Steelers are going to go and tell him, hey, we want you to do the exact same thing that you did in Oklahoma, he will do the exact same thing for you. Uh, he's not gonna, he's not a guy that's always gotten into pass interference trouble. He's not a guy that's always been holding on to wide receivers his entire tenure at OU. Uh, he's been a guy that's always fought for the ball, like you suggested. And so I would say that he's more likely to play it safe and just keep the play in front of him. He's more likely to be happy with a four-yard uh, completion than you know something down the field that risks a 15-yard penalty. But again, he's going to do what the coaches tell him to do. And again, that I said a million times, that's why the coaches love him, because he takes their coaching as much as anybody, and he just soaks it up like a sponge. So clearly, there's there's a lot of good things to, to like about Trey Norwood here, but what, what, I guess my kind of thought on this is why did he last so long into the seventh round? Uh, why wasn't he drafted higher? What what kept him from being uh, kind of one of these what day one or day two draft picks? I think it's the lack of speed. I think again. If he's lined up with a guy that is incredibly fast, uh, a guy that definitely is going to beat him, and a guy that maybe hasn't beat, he's not going to recover, and it's going to be lights out unless he has safety help over the top. He also has a lack of physicality, and we've known that he's dove at people's feet several times. I mean, heck, one time in the college football playoff, he, this man made a business decision, and he just like simply dove out of bounds out of the play. <laughs> and so that's what you kind of notice his freshman year, sophomore year. And you're like, whoa, come, come on, man. This is this is football. And so the lack of physicality, uh, the lack of maybe major speed along with that ACL, uh, man, I, he, I was it was obvious to see him fall down. I didn't expect him to get drafted. I was so surprised when he got drafted. And nonetheless, I'm a fan of the Steelers to be drafted by my favorite team. I thought a lot of people thought he should come back. The coaches thought he should have come back and that he maybe would have been a top five, top four round selection. Um, but here we are. He got drafted in the seventh round. But again, it's just the idea of he's not a guy that's going to write, as we see it, a guy that's going to come down and run support. He's not that physical yet. He's not a guy that's going to run foot for foot with Marquise Brown, who's in the same division. He's not a guy that is really, really going to change the game for you, but he's going to be a reliable guy in the future if he holds up uh, in coverage what he's being coached to do. Is there any uh, – you have, of course, mentioned the Kyle Trask interception in uh, – I think it was the bowl game. Mm -hmm. um, is there any other – memorable games or plays that really stand out that were kind of defining plays? Uh, or is he a guy who, like you said, is more efficient, but, but doesn't really make those, those big game changing plays very often. That's no, that's a great question. And there, there are, there are a couple games that come to mind where he would just be ball hawking over the middle of the field, because again, he's played so many positions in the defensive backfield over the last few years, especially this last year. And a couple things, he, I mean, he had a couple two interception games and, but again, like you said, he's a guy that's very, sets his own pace. I mean, even to the point where 
instead of risking injury, even to the point instead of like maybe being ultra aggressive, instead of getting 10, 15 yards more on interception, just step out of bounds and let the offense take care of it. So the guy's very self-aware of his body, maybe very self-aware of what his injury was like three year prior. And so he's going to be a guy that isn't going to be a game changer, but is going to be a solid piece maybe if that's what he can grow into. As, we, as we've kind of gone through the couple weeks here of uh, breaking down these Steelers draft picks, one thing's kind of stood out to me is that pretty much every single one of them has been described with having leadership qualities for their team. I'm, I'm curious if uh, Trey Norwood also fits that bill, if he was a leader on that uh, Oklahoma defense or that entire team in general. Was he a guy that would uh, kind of stand out in front of the crowd and rah-rah, or was he still – did he lead in other ways, or is that – not even a, a way you would describe him uh, at all. That's, I think he would be a leader by example sort of guy. He's not an alpha male, big silverback kind of guy that's like in the middle of everything. Uh, he At the same time, while he's at OU, he had a first-round linebacker, middle linebacker, and Kenneth Murray, who's at the Chargers now. And so they already had that kind of alpha presence. And in, in the defensive backfield, his his – partner in crime I guess you might say the other Trey Trey Brown is with the Seahawks and so he didn't really have to be that sort of guy um he was a very very I mean like I would say he's, he was a very very good supporting cast role player and he's not going to be a guy that he wasn't a guy that everybody immediately thought of when he thought of this Oklahoma defense the last two years especially this last year but he was a guy that you saw, man, he's making plays, especially the second half of the season. He's really caught on. Like it got to the point where he took several snaps from a lot of other players on the field at the end of last season that man, it really started to click. And also he's 15 to 20 pounds heavier and he's really laying in wood. And that's something that we didn't see the two years prior and when in his gameplay. So that's why people thought he would come back to Norman. So no, not necessarily a leader on the field that we all noticed, but who knows? I mean, it may be in a different place where he's learning from different guys. That might be different. He just wasn't that guy. Okay, I wanted to bring up something because uh, I did I did the breakdown on him when we drafted him. And I noted that the, the season he was out, Oklahoma's defense was uh, struggled, especially in the past defense. Um, specifically, in 2019 when he wasn't playing, uh, they allowed the second most passing touchdowns in the Big 12. He comes back in 2020, and they allow the lowest. Uh, they went from seven interceptions to 2019 to 15 in 2020, and he had, of course, he had five of those himself. Uh, was there? I know you've talked about changing defense coordinators. Was this a, a place where the system changed and he really fit the new system, or? Was it, you know, was he that big of an impact? Was he a, a big part of that impact himself, just that presence in the secondary? I would say a little bit of both. Uh, his, his first two years at OU, they were dead last in the defense, like in the college football ranks. They were just god-awful, giving up 30, 40 points a game. Uh, that that his The year he was out, I think they were top 50, but still giving up passing touchdowns, but not much in the, in the run game. And then that last year, really all putting it together. He comes back 15, 20 extra pounds and he starts clicking. And so he really, really fit and vibe what coach Alex Grinch did with him. He, they simplified the defense. They said, Hey, here's a wristband. Here are the plays go out and make some plays, play as aggressive as you can. 
If you get a 15-yard penalty, that's better than a 30-yard gain down the field. That's okay. And so that's something that he really, really vibed with. That's something that he really worked well with. And that's part of what's going on down in Oklahoma as far as the defensive turnaround is having guys play really fast, having guys play with their hair on fire. And I think he really did fit the scheme of what they were trying to do. So I agree to an extent as far as was he a guy that they missed? Yes, because he got hurt in summer practice 2019 and Coach Alex Grinch was really down. He was very upset about that because he had a lot of plans for Trey Norwood because, like we said, he's a Swiss Army knife. The guy can play everywhere. And then that following year kind of shows you why, that why they were excited because he can do a lot of things for you, especially when he feels very comfortable with the system. Uh, so, Camille, you are a Steelers fan, so I'm curious your perspective on this one. Do you think Trey Norwood is going to make this team? Is he someone that's more of a practice squad guy, or do you think he could uh, be someone that ends up getting cut then kind of picked up next offseason? It's a great question. You know, when, when he was drafted, I was I thought Oklahoma was done for their day. I thought Oklahoma was done for their entire draft. And then I saw Steelers pick up Trey Norwood, and I thought, man, does Trey Norwood really fit Steelers defense that I've always grown up to know as this hard-nosed dudes making plays after play after play, killing the run game. And I thought, that's not the Trey Norwood I know. <laughs> but at the same time, it just comes back to this guy would stay hours after practice getting an extra work with his coaches. And so I could easily see him being a practice squad guy that gets elevated. I could easily see him being a guy that could be cut, but would be brought back maybe once or twice later on in their career or filter it out through the grapevine to other teams. But at, at best, as of now, just from what I've seen, he's a guy that plays on special teams at best for me. Now, I know you guys talked about maybe him possibly being that fourth guy in, in dime packages just because the Steelers are strapped for cash right now because of a lot of other reasons. Uh, so I could see him being a fourth guy just because of the money situation at Pittsburgh, but at the same time, best case scenario for him on that team, I think it'd be special teams and they go from there. Yeah, actually I was actually, I want to add on to that, uh, a little, a little hope here. He has actually gotten complimented from Terrell Austin, uh, about how fast he picks up the defense and that he can play, uh, a slot cornerback and also safety, uh, which always, which has stood out to me, especially even watching his film, how he played uh, slot and safety was almost identical to how the Steelers used Cameron Sutton last year. Mm-hmm. So, so watching that, I was, I, I'm watching it. I'm thinking, wow, okay, so this guy's going to come in, and Cameron Sutton's another dude who, you know, he's he's faster than Norwood, uh, but he's also not the best, you know, physically. At, at being physical and hitting people, uh, he's improved on that over the years as well. Like he's another guy in that kind of a mold. So Trey Norwood kind of comes across to me as like Cameron Sutton. What he was is where is where the Steelers see Trey Norwood possibly becoming uh, that kind of you know dime package. You're you're a slot cornerback. You're a you're a deep safety. You're you're kind of a hybrid role in there. Um, do, do you agree with me? Does that does that fit what he did in college? Because I didn't watch – I mean, I, I watched like two games. Uh, and do you think that with that, is there a chance with his intelligence and ability to learn the defense that he could slip on the roster as a guy that they can sit there and say, well, 
Like, even if we have an injury, we know this guy, you know, he'll know the defense. He'll be able to go out there and execute it mentally. And yeah, that's the thing about him is that he is such a quick learner. And just watching this team over the last, this last season in 2020, 2021, you can never really pinpoint where he was going to play because Alex Grinch filtered in so many defensive backs and Trey Norwood was one of the guys they played so many times. And times to be a nickel at times to be a cornerback at times to be at safety and it's like what is going on here so he's making plays all over the field and that honestly helps him in learning the entire defense and so he is such a smart player that's how he got on the field as a true freshman and they let him make those through those mis- they let him learn and those through those mistakes that he had as a freshman and then he gets a defensive coordinator that says hey play with your hair on fire go play aggressive but also you need to learn this defense and so, I mean, the guy is a bookworm as far as the playbook is concerned. And I could see him being a guy that, hey, if the Steelers, like, gosh, remember that one year that they, pretty much the entire defensive backfield was just, like, on the injury list? They, they were picking guys from University of Pittsburgh pretty much. Um, he, he could be a guy that could fill in and be really, really successful because he knows the ins and outs of, of the playbook because he's going to study that thing. He's going to do whatever the coaches tell him to do to, so he can get on the field. That's his prerogative. He may not be the most, he may be the, the most strong guy. He may not be having the elite speed, but he has like big brain mentality. He is going to make the high IQ plays. If you had to pinpoint one specific thing from Trey Norwood, that's the best part of his game. What would you point to specifically that uh, you would say this is what he does better than anything else? Play development, recognizing where plays are going and where the ball is going to end up at. I would say that's definitely where he would excel the most just because of, A, I mean, how how much of a high IQ he has for the game, but also, B, how many positions he's played and played successfully. I mean, his freshman year, he played cornerback, and then he played nickelback, and then he played a lot of safety. So he knows – where the ball's going, and that's what I would say. He's high IQ guy. All right. You got anything else, Michael? No, I, I know you wanted to ask uh, some Steelers questions, though, Jeffrey. Is there one that you wanted to uh, send as well? That was it. I asked it. Okay. You, Cameron you, Sutton one. Like, <laughs> no, that's that's my thing. I watched him, and I thought, you know, this guy looks like he's playing Cameron Sutton's role. That's like he's playing that role, and now Cameron Sutton's not playing that role now. <laughs> that role is wide open. And there's not a lot of players on the Steelers who are really fit that well. Uh, so I, I think I think really he has a good shot, not of being the number four corner, uh, but of being like the guy right behind like an Arthur Molette, someone like that who's playing mm-hmm. that job. And you know someone goes down, boom, he's your he's your number four guy all of a sudden. Um, Cammy, uh, I will offer you this uh, and put you on the spot a little bit before we let you get out of here. Um, considering you are a Steelers fan, how do you think this season is going to play out for them? Are, are they a playoff team or are they a team taking a step back? Where do you kind of rank this team right now? This is a tough question. Oh man, you are putting me on the spot. You know, it's, it's tough. It's really tough to be to, to gauge that, especially like down here in Oklahoma, I get Dallas Cowboy coverage everywhere. So I have to really go out of my way to find anything from the Steelers and, Anything that comes from the AFC North down here is all Baker Mayfield, and you guys know why. Like, he, OU, the Baltimore Ravens are all OU guys. Uh, gosh, Joe Mixon at the Cincinnati's OU guy. 
But man, how I see his team playing out is I really hope the offensive line gets its crap together. Otherwise, Najee Harris is not going to make that big of a difference. I know they want to get the ball out of Ben's hand a little bit more. I know they want to do a little bit more play action, but uh, I have I have thoughts on Ben and that he that he should have been put to pasture a while, a while ago. He's holding the franchise uh, like hostage with that much cash. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if they went eight and eight. I know it's a cop out answer. Uh, I I know that you know the Browns are looking to take a step forward. You know, the Ravens are looking to take a step forward, despite the fact that Lamar Jackson is not being able to be filmed while throwing the ball anymore. Uh, so, you know, I could see eight and eight, but I could also see 10 and six because of the defense. So it's just, man, that whole off season stuff with Juju getting your, another running back in uh, all and Ben coming back and him like, I don't know. I, I, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic, but I'm just not too sure. I mean, what do, what do you guys think? Yeah, there's a lot. Like, you nailed it. There's a lot of question marks, uh, especially, like, we're talking Trey Norwood here. Uh, one of the reasons one of the reasons I've thought about him so much is because mm. we're down secondary players. We're down two of our, two of our main cornerbacks from last year. Uh, we're down, like you said, the offensive line is a huge question mark. Um, up here, up here, there's a ton of optimism because – uh, they they got rid of some coaches, so you know you you, mm-hmm. you got to hope that hey, if the offensive line coach and the offense coordinator were kind of holding this offense back, and then the defensive fill-ins, if guys like you know Alex Highsmith and the defensive backs can can pull it together, you know we could be some, we could really be that team. But yeah, I, I could also see where <laughs> if that takes if that's if we're a year away from that offensive line being good, then this this isn't the year. This isn't going to be a great year. Yeah, and I'm a little nervous for the, the the quarterback situation after Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, like as a Sooner fan, I hate Mason Rudolph, and I just generally don't like him as a quarterback <laughs> in general. Uh, when 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 uh, uh, what's his face from from the pound decided to take him and you know try to, to try to throw it at Mason Rudolph, I was like, you know what? He threw three interceptions, and I don't really like the guy anyway. So I'm cool with it. How do, you, yeah, how do you feel about James Washington? You, you like James Washington? You know, see, that's the thing. It's so alarming to me that that season that Ben went out so early that Mason Rudolph could not make any sort of connection with his college buddy that they were like running to. They were running mates. And then you have Duck Hodges over there just like lacing them. To, to Washington, I'm like, I don't get why you're so bad. And I like, and of course, <laughs> the Steelers have already had their their show of OU people in, in Landry Jones, which was a consummate disappointment as well. And so, like, like, man, it's tough. It's tough. I've been wanting the, Pittsburgh to draft a quarterback for a long time. Oh, you must be high on the Spencer Rattler to the Steelers idea. It had to be pretty bad for that to happen, but I, I'm sure that's uh, your dream scenario. Uh, yes, Spencer Rattler. Caleb Williams in the future. Who knows, man? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great stuff. Uh, ladies and gen- gentlemen, uh, Kamiar Meridian from uh, Crimson and Cream Machine. Thank you for joining us. Before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug? Hey, man, you can find me on Twitter at and CCM. You can find our podcast at the Crimson and Cream Machine podcast, Alcohol Breakdown. And that's it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, it was our pleasure. Thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks, man. All right, Steeler fans, uh, if you're listening on the podcast platform side, you can go ahead and click over to part two of this uh, podcast. If you're listening on uh, YouTube or Facebook, just hang tight. 
We'll be back in just a moment. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.